today's episode, I talk about the importance of Heaven's Days and birthdays and angelversaries and celebrating the days that are on the calendar, but they mark days that are important. They mark these important moments that changed your life and just how to prepare for them, how to plan for them. And I even have a special message at the end for those who are walking with people who are, who are grieving. So stay tuned. Uh, Just as a heads up, I recorded this in my car. So if you hear people walking by or cars driving by, that is why, but I figured you guys would be okay with it. It's real. So welcome to my life. Hi friend. I am so excited that you're here to check out her restored spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book, because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hi, and welcome back to Her Restored Spirit podcast. My name is Tammy, and I'm your host. Um, Today, I'm actually recording in my car. Um, I don't know any moms who have school-age kids who don't moonlight as a taxi driver. And it's not even a taxi driver because we don't get paid to do it. It's like pro bono Uber or, well, even more so, we, well, we pay to drive them around and so they can do all of their activities and have all the fun. So I decided to, I have an hour. So I was like, okay, what can I do in this hour to help my busy life? And I was like, oh, I will record my podcast while I'm sitting here. Um, contemplating it. And the idea that I wanted to talk about today was just the, the celebrating the suffering. Now, those who know me know that this time of year is, is really tough. We are, we just crossed over our, the time where it has been nine years since my husband deployed. And Within the matter of days, we're going to be at the nine-year mark for his passing. And as this day is becomes closer and closer, as this day we well, it shows up on the calendar, we contemplate, we talk about, we we just we feel it coming. And so I just wanted to talk about the importance of heaven's days, angel versaries, and embracing these important dates and a few steps to help you prepare for them. Because no one likes to suffer, but we all know as we get closer and closer to the dates, even before we see them on the calendar, our, we feel them in our bones, we feel them in our subconscious, knowing that this, this anniversary date is coming. But anniversary doesn't really match what we're feeling, which is why 
I like to call it heaven's day. I heard that term. It's not a term that I that I made up, but it's one that's common to use. Also, another one that I've heard is angelversaries. And both of these will let people know around you that there are days that are set aside that are special, but they're not necessarily just about celebration. If you talk about an an anniversary, typically you think wedding anniversary. You think a you know, celebrating something good that's happened. And we are actually commemorating, we are remembering a tragic event that changed our lives forever. And so just in this episode, I just want to talk to you a little bit about how to celebrate the suffering by embracing these important dates. And no one likes to suffer. I know that if I had a choice, I would not suffer at all. I like being comfortable. I like being, well, pain-free and happy. And I I just enjoy the, the light feeling of not suffering. But I've also embraced the fact that suffering is a fact of life. In my 41 years, I have suffered often and to very varying degrees. But I don't think that avoiding suffering or pushing it down and not taking a moment to remember it is the right thing to do. I don't think that that actually helps anyone and doesn't help you on this journey of taking your suffering and remembering and that that raw pain and pushing it into celebration and a time of remembrance and memories versus the, the weight, the heavy weight that you feel as it comes near. So I'm approaching my ninth Heaven's Day, which means I've gone through nine birthdays and I've gone through nine anniversaries and I have gone almost like three, 3,280 days since I lost my husband and since my kids lost their father. I've endured multiple celebrations and just as many tears, but now with it being our ninth one, we look at it differently. Being our ninth one, we can look back and see the journey of the early years where it didn't feel like a, a celebration. It didn't feel like a, a way to celebrate the laughter of the life that we had. It was survival. It is we, we saw that our countdowns, well, we don't have countdowns. We have count ups. And each year passes and we look back at the progress and the growth or the lack of growth that we've had. Like, what have we done this last year to become stronger, to take what we have been through and have it change us enough that we can learn from it, that we can grow and we can help someone else? How have we made our lives better by going through the trials that we've been called to go through. We look and see that because we have breath in our lungs, we are living. But are we really alive? As the days pass, we dread the dates that are coming. We feel them in our bones before we recognize them on our calendars. We mark them in black and put a hedge of protection around them knowing that we can't avoid them. They come whether we're ready or not. So we take a deep breath. We know in our in our heads that it's just a date, but are aware that to us, these dates mean so much more. 
So how do we prepare our hearts for these dates? How do we do it over and over? How do we turn the morning into dancing? And the answer is one step at a time, one year, one date, one memory at a time. And I say this with a little bit tongue in cheek that it's as simple as that. Just let the days come. Just let the days go. Take in what you can. Give your grace for what you can't and know your limits. So why are these days important other than just the fact that they mark these moments in time that changed our life? It's because they are memories. It has been said that the cost of love is grief and you grieve because you deeply love. And I I say that in present tense because just because your loved one isn't with you doesn't mean your love stops. I'll say that again. Just because your loved one isn't with you doesn't mean your love stops. And no matter what other people say, no matter if you move forward, no matter if you have a new relationship or you adopt a new child or have a new child or get a new job, that relationship, that that thing, that person, the love you had for it, the life you had with them, you can still love it and move forward. And in fact, it's better if you do. Allow that love to be carried through because it makes your life more rich. And so when our loved one dies, our love doesn't die with them. And celebrations are a way to memorialize a moment. We celebrate because we care. These days are important to celebrate because you are loved. They are loved. Your kids are loved. You celebrate because knowing your husband or your loved one was once a part of your life, it changed your life forever for just knowing them. Though their physical presence is gone, their essence is all around you. So the first few years, they did not feel like celebration. The weight of the days and the memories were so heavy that I'd have physical reactions. I would feel sick to my stomach. And typically it was leading up to the day and like being preemptive and being foreshadowing what's coming. That would be the physical reaction in me, realizing that they're there. And it would start maybe early March, early on. And, well, my kids had birthdays right before. They both were born in February. And so really those memories, the memories of the birthdays, and then also realizing that every birthday they have is another one without their dad, that would trigger the the feelings. And it would slowly build. And to the point that the 27th of March would typically be a day of, like, it just would not feel well. It would, I would be anxious and not be able to do much. I'd have a really bad stomach ache, a headache, just these physical reactions of what is to come on the 28th. And then the morning of the 28th would come and it would lessen because it's there. So the anticipation is worse than the action. But I always knew on the 29th, the 29th is when we could breathe. The 29th was when we could relax because the day was over. 
So as we had more and more holidays and birthdays and heaven stays, I started to feel, it started to feel easier as I was getting up to those days. In my heart and my head, I realized that those days, I get to control the meaning now. I get to decide how much they're going to affect me. I get to decide what I'm going to do, who I'm going to do it with. If we're going to set the entire day aside and do nothing, if we're going to actively do things that we know would celebrate the life that my husband and I had together, that our, the life that our family had together, but it was my choice instead of something that's thrust upon me. I also remembered or realized that it was also a time to reflect on who I was and the growth that I had throughout the year, that you realize that these are just not to remember your loved one, but also you can remember who you were with them and who you are now. It's this journey that you walk is not easy, but you get to realize and take a step back and realize and like look from a different perspective that you're doing it year after year, day after day. These days should be celebrations because slowly you're allowing yourself to come alive again and you can recognize what you've learned and who you are, what your desires, are you starting to dream again? Are some of those old dreams that you thought died with your loved one, are those coming back but in a different picture? Are they, do they look slightly different or are they completely new? What do you have to look forward to as you get through and like I said, I'm on my ninth Heaven's Day. This is not my first. It's not my third. It's not my fifth. Those days looked very different than they do now. But know that it's a journey. And I would not be here for my ninth if I did not celebrate the second and fourth and sixth. If I did not take time and just give myself space and grace to get through those days. And then start to choose to live those days instead of just getting through them. So these days become important as you as the count up increases and life continues. These days are important to me because me and my family, because we're not in the raw pain of survival like the first year. We're not even in the anger of the second year or the melancholy of the third. Our Heaven's Day has become a day of sanctuary and a day of remembrance, not because we need to set aside a day to remember, because you always remember. You have, that's always on your shoulder. It's always in your heart. So it's not that you need a day on the calendar to set set aside to remember. But it's a day of remembrance because we can set it aside and we can go back to the feelings of loss, but merge it with the memories of love and gratitude as well as look for threads of hope and gratitude and love. So it may be a day on the calendar, but it also serves as a reminder that time passes and that you shouldn't take time for granted either. That if you did not grow as much as you expected this last month, this last year, that's okay. Our bodies need slow time to heal. But what do you want to be said about yourself? by the next Heaven's Day. So after having eight Heaven's Days behind me, and as I prepare for the ninth, you know, I take a deep breath and I look at the steps that I've taken. Steps that I believe will help 
turn the morning into dancing. They've worked for me. They've helped me turn tears into laughter. And you have to give yourself grace and time for the process. And who knows? Like, I may be going through this and, and going through these steps and then come on the 28th and a new flood of emotions hit me. But that's okay because I'm already ready for it because I've taken these steps and I know that it's a day and that time will pass whether I want it to or not. So at least we have that on our side. But I know it's a process and a journey worth it. So as we go through and as we take these intentional steps, the suffering lessens and we start to live. The steps have become like a checklist over the years, um, not in a way that they're mundane or that they are forced, but it just becomes kind of a part of what I do. There's parts of it that are we just, well, when I get into it, you'll see, you know, the ritual parts of it. But by helping me, these, this checklist helps me plan logically and lessen the emotions. So it allows my mind to take over and give my heart a little bit of a break. So that way it's prepared for all the emotions that come. So I hope you find a little bit of comfort in this checklist too. And just remember, small steps that help you prepare, prepare for what's coming. To some, these days are, it's just day by day by day. But you realize that these small steps are helping you also to plan a life, to build a life, and to embrace life. So the first step is prepare for the day beforehand. To prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare a time and a meaning. You get to decide what you, what meaning you put on the day. Do you want it? to be a day of great sadness and do you want to go back to those early feelings good do it give yourself that space do you want to step in it give yourself a few moments or you know some time to grieve but do you choose to embrace laughter and celebration do it it doesn't matter like you there's no wrong way to do this but by giving yourself that permission to plan ahead and to put some meaning intentionally on it, you don't feel as out of control. So when you look at your calendar, you know, a a month, a week, or a day ahead, acknowledge the date, allow yourself to feel that twinge of grief and fear. It's okay. The feelings will pass as long as you feel them. And then give yourself a moment to touch them and acknowledge them. Like, what are these feelings telling me? These days are hard. They'll bring a flood of emotion and memories. They'll cause you to travel back in time and go through the trauma again. And then one day they won't. After a few years of grief work and going through these days, it will be easier to choose the happier meanings or to have less time in that pain and more time with celebration and happiness and joy. So it won't sting as much as it did. And that's okay. Embrace that as well. I felt guilty for a while that it didn't hurt as bad. Does that mean that I'm not grieving? No. It just means that I've worked through it and I'm not in active grief. And that's okay too. So they'll still affect you, but you get to be in control of how much. So prepare in advance. Create a time before Heaven's Day and Angelversary to breathe. Before the birthday, before your anniversary, whatever day is important to you, just prepare and 
and plan a little self-care, which I'll talk about in a moment. And I know that term is is thrown around, but how you care for yourself is also going to show through how you care for your family. The next step is surround yourself with support. So especially those first few years, surround yourself with people you love. Now, a surround yourself, it may be with one or two people, or it may be with 10. You get to choose the, the people that you want to be around. You also get to choose the people you don't want to be around. And both give yourself the space to, to decide that and don't feel guilty about it because there's a purpose. Now, ask yourself why. Is it for a good reason or is it not? Does the person bring an energy that you don't want during that day? That's fine. You don't have to have them with you. Or maybe someone has an energy about them that you do want to bring in. Ask them. Ask them to come in and support you. So surround yourself with at least one person who knows you enough and is bold enough to send everyone else away. So when you're getting overwhelmed, especially those first few years, the feelings are so intense that you need to have a hedge of protection over yourself. You need to have barriers and boundaries and having someone who will say, you know what, I think we're done here. Or, hey, let's go into another room and um, I have something to show you. Someone who is bold enough to look out for your intentions, your needs, and not their own. Someone who can tell you've had enough and then find a way to give you a break. It may be someone who realizes that you needed time alone for a little while, but then you need time to spend with friends and then time to just be, and who can orchestrate that for you. Or who could ask you what you need and then just make it happen as well. So taking your lead, but having that person really helps or those people. So early on, just being was all I could handle. But as time went on, like I was able to laugh and to have joy and to do more things on Heaven's Day or the Angelversary that were more pleasurable, that did not take as much energy to do. So if you have kids, also take a little extra preparation to make sure to see what they need. And you may not be able to ask them, but you know them well enough to know what what you need to look out for them. You need to you need to they need to have friends around them or they need by themselves or they need ice cream or uh, they need they need space or they need something that they can hold on to throughout the day, something tangible. Just figure that out in between the preparing ahead of time and finding people to surround you. You know, give yourself that that support. So the next step three, the next step is to have treats and self-care. I chose from the first day, from our first Heaven's Day, that it was going to be a day of celebration, even through the tears, that we're going to honor my kid's father's life. And the gifts that he gave us and the memories and the joy. And my kids were three and five at the time of the first Heaven's Day. So they were still learning the meaning of death. And I didn't want death to hold such a darkness for them over the course of their life. Many kids, many adults. I mean, I know I have friends who still have not experienced a close death, even in adulthood. And so it's, it's hard, but it's also a benefit. 
with my kids understanding death at a young age, going through that grief walk from age two and four, it gives them a different perspective on death that others had. They see it as part of life and not just a shocking thing that happens. So here I have a three and a five-year-old for the first Heaven's Day. They don't know what death truly means. They still don't even understand the concept that their dad is not ever coming home. The And part of that also is in the military, it wasn't uncommon for dads to be gone or moms to be gone for extended periods of time. And kids don't have a sense of time at this point. And all the kids around them, their dads were deployed. And so it wasn't, it, it wasn't different, but it was, but they didn't understand it was. And so I wanted to make sure that for them, it was a way to, to remember and a way to process, but in a healthy and in a celebration because they don't, they don't know to cry all day. To them, it was just another day um, at that age. It's different now that we're stepping into the ninth and my kids are 13 and 11. And so Heaven's Day looks different for them now. But early on, you know, I'd, I have them be part of the process. They would get to pick the treat. Well, you know, we, we would go pick out a cake. We would pick out balloons. We would pick out, you know, what do we want to do to honor daddy? And I would let them do, do that. I would let them choose their favorite foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I would either prepare them in advance or I would have ta- order takeout so I wouldn't have the stress of cooking. And I, so in that way, I was treating them and taking care of myself. So I also ordered out for me. So if I didn't want pizza, I would get something that I wanted. Or truthfully, early on, I didn't eat much those days. Um, it just... You know how it is when you're having those strong emotions. I went to the not eating side. I know that there's two ways you can either, you know, overeat or undereat. And I unfortunately went to the undereating, which is also not super healthy. By the next day, my appetite was back. This goes along with planning. But have treats and self-care. These days can be decided weeks, days, or, or, you know, in advance. You can do the same thing every year. You You can do things different every year. You get to choose what you do. Remember, you're the one walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You're enduring this treacherous journey. And it's okay to recognize that these days are a memorial for the ones you loved, but they're also for taking care of yourself too and putting your needs in there. Because let's face it, your, your needs are the ones that really matter at this point. If you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of your kids? So the next step is creating a ritual. Now, this does not have to be arduous and intense and extensive. The first year was we drew on balloons and released them. That was the ritual. That was the starting and stopping. And that was the thing that we did. And that's what the kids wanted to do. So creating a ritual helps you have a starting point, a stopping point. It gives you that framework for the for the plans and the places you're going to do things. It also helps you with the meanings and and adding the meaning to the ordinary tasks that you're doing. These simple things, you know, writing on a balloon is not a big deal. We do, we can draw on a balloon anytime, but by attaching that meaning to it and adding it to your ritual, 
it's elevated. Now it becomes a memorial. It becomes something that you can do. And it also removes the pressure of how are we going to, how are we going to get through this? So the rituals may change over time and that's okay. Um, having a ritual also helps the kids understand what's going on. It gives them something to look forward to. We first would write letters on the balloons and then send them up to the sky. But then learning about the sea turtles, as the kids got older, they were adamant about finding another way. So now what we do is we write letters and then we have a, we burn them. We have a fireplace where we use a, we, you know, a fire pit. We, in a metal trash can, and again, does not have to be elaborate. It just needs to be intentional. That's it. You just get to place that intentional meaning and then, and then it's part of your ritual. And at first I would try to, I mean, I'm a mom. Memories are important to me. I would try to get a picture of whatever they would say, whatever they would do. And I, you know, just for, so I have it for later on. So as they can see, when they get older, they could see the pictures and they can see how their grief changed and how they matured and the things that were important to them in that moment. Um, now that they're older, they're a lot more intense, you know, intent on me not seeing what they're writing. Um, they, they're writing the letters and burning them have become really important. And in fact, so important that there are days that I can just tell that the missing their dad is so heavy that we right then will do that, that ritual. We will, you know, I'll ask them and, or they'll say, I just need to write a letter and burn it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I mean, it's always fun to have a fire and maybe even do s'mores after. But it gives them that meaning, that moment that helps them release it as well. So again, you can keep it super simple and you don't have to limit them to certain days. Um, there's times that even we have exciting news that we want to, that they want to, they wish their dad was there for. And so it's like, well, let's write it and we'll burn it. And so the ashes can float up to heaven as our prayers. Um, one of the things that we, we do is we write, we write a letter to Jesus and ask him to relay the message to daddy. Just in our faith, I want them to know that Jesus is their heavenly father and he is the one that they can go to even more so than me. If they can't go, you know, he can do more than I can do. And as much as I want them to tell me, there's things that they don't want to tell me. So by going to Jesus, writing Jesus the letter, sending them up to prayers to him, it also lets them know that there's there's also a gatekeeper there. And so when they're having a really hard day or they're like, or they talk about how their dad wouldn't be proud of them, then I can say, you know what? Jesus is proud of you. And Jesus can tell your dad what he needs to hear. Jesus makes sure that he sees the things that you're proud of, that, that you're proud of, that he's proud of, and that he, that your dad would be proud of instead of focusing on your dad's always watching you, which that freaks me out. I wouldn't want somebody watching me all the time. Um, and I understand that it's supposed to be a comfort to kids who are still learning and maturing and are not choosing wise choices. It's a little daunting. And if it worked, hey, it'd be great if they, but they still make poor choices. But this way they can go to God 
for forgiveness as well. They don't have to ask their dad for forgiveness. The final step that I'll talk about here is just allow time for recover. So after the heavens day, it's always a day of relief for me. The weight of that deep grief is lifted and my shoulders are released. So embrace the day. You've made it another, another year. You've endured another year long and you're victorious. The journey, again, it starts again. So you've endured it. You've been through it. Now you're through with it. And again, because it's a count up, if it didn't go the way you were hoping, that's okay. You can do it again next year. So you get to decide which way you'll go. Will you walk towards the light and accept God, helping him to restore, establish, and strengthen you? I know that this verse is one that I have said multiple times this year, and it's become my, my verse of the year. And it's just, now the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you've suffered a little. So I'm not going to like tell you what a, a little is, but just know that God is the one that's restoring you. So are you going to allow him to restore you? And this day of recovery, that's what you need to embrace. You've, you've reached another year. You've made it. So now you have a new chapter to write. You have a new ending that's unfolding that you get to choose. What are you going to do with it? Will you look at the last year as a triumph? You get to decide. You get to make the choice. And don't worry if you choose wrong, because every day you get to make the choice again. You get to decide the next steps and how this year will go. Your count up does not end, but that's okay because neither does your love. So each anniversary, each birthday, anniversary, Heaven's Day, each of these will mark time for you. So just embrace it. And realize that those days allow for to celebrate the suffering because it allows you to grasp onto life. You get to live. You get to become alive. And one day, you get to grab on the fact that you get to step into a full life. And you get to have a life of purpose and joy and meaning. So I just want to take a moment here to talk to the close friends. So I know that not everyone listening to this has lost someone close. Or maybe they have, but they also have a friend who's walking in deep grief. So just a little, just some tips for you. So you don't have to worry about bringing up these days. They are always on their mind. They're always on my mind. They're always on their kid's mind. So you don't have to worry about it. And in fact, when you do bring it up, instead of waiting for me to do it or the person who's grieving to do it, it's a sigh of relief that they're not in this alone, that they're allowed to talk about it and express their feelings and get it out in a way that's healthy. So if you, just be there. And just bring it up. If you feel you want to bring it up, it would be better for them to say, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about it right now. But you still give them that permission that they can bring it up later. And that is a gift. So we want you to be part of these rituals of this day because you're a part of us. So we know it's awkward. We know that it kind of feels like a downer. And we know that it's humbling yourself into this uncomfortable feeling. But then you get to see what... You get to see a little glimpse of what our days are like. This uncomfortable feeling is one that we sit in all the time. So by humbling yourself into that, 
you can kind of get a glimpse of what our everyday looks like. So, but we need you to walk with us, whether we say it or not. We love it when you step into our worlds and give us the support so we can just be us and we can just do the things we need to do. There's no right thing to say. There's a lot of wrong things to say, but I would rather you say the wrong thing in a kind way and in a way to help than to avoid it and not say anything because you don't want to upset me. The feelings are already there. I'm already experiencing them. I would rather have a laugh about it being the complete wrong thing than us sitting awkwardly and I feel alone. So don't take offense if we don't respond as we normally would, but give us the support that we can walk the walk we need to. So just know that we're on edge. We have these deep feelings and we don't really know what to do with them. So we're not going to respond in ways that are normal or natural, but just give us permission and give us grace to do it. It takes a special person to walk with a grieving person, to walk and support a grieving family. And I really just wanna say thank you on their behalf that you're willing to walk that walk with them, that you're willing to stand by them when it's hard. You're willing to help wherever you can, even if you didn't know their loved one, even if you're meeting them later in life and you realize that grief is still a part of their heart, being willing to walk with someone who has this deep loss is really an experience that's going to grow you as a person as well. It's going to make you more compassionate. It's going to give you a fresh perspective on what life is. And I guarantee that one day when you go through something hard, that person who you've walked with will be the first one there to walk with you in a way that you need, to let you be you and give you permission to respond and act and behave however you need to behave and do it out of love. Because you made that first step. You did that hard work with them and you stepped into their world when really no one else would. So I just wanna say thank you. And even though it's uncomfortable and it's humbling and you don't know what to do, keep pushing, keep doing it because it matters. It matters more than you will ever know. And it, it helps strengthen the person you're walking with because they can feel some support. And it also lessens the feeling of being alone. So I just want to say thank you. Hey friend, I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you start to claim the confidence to walk in a judgment-free zone as you continue this healing journey. Now I want to invite you to look into working with me. I'm a full-time restoration and confidence coach with a background in marriage to family therapy. And not only that, but friend, I've walked it. As you heard in my story, I've experienced grief, loss, pain, feeling stuck. I've had the desire to break free from the fog and rise up again after the hurt, after the pain and move out of the grief cycle to begin to wake up with purpose again and live a life of meaning and kind of rediscover who I was before the grief while I was uncovering who I'm becoming. And I have been called to help you with the same thing. So if you feel you're ready to step back into the light, wash away the old, not forgetting the past, but stepping into a new position of purpose, confidence, and identity, I would love to be your coach and mentor through the process. I only take a few clients each month and would love to get you on the calendar to help you navigate this journey. Email me at Tammy at TammyMarieCoaching.com. Until then, I'll meet you here next week with another awesome topic to help you claim the life that you desire. 
Don't forget to take a screenshot, tag me, share on Facebook and Instagram, and please share this with another broken-spirited mom who is in need of some soul restoration. Don't forget to rate and review, and until next time, take a deep breath and know there is hope. Bye, friend.